Welcome to the All Digital AM podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on the All Digital AM YouTube channel. I totally grabbed a couple of props, including an action figure of myself. Are you serious? Nice. Now, who is that? Is that someone else and it looks like you back no, I'm in the a day? Jedi. Yeah, that's you actually yeah, printed, that right? That is me as a Jedi, yeah. Wow, that is sweet. I got like three props for this. I'm... All right, well, let me kick. Are you ready to kick in or, or yeah. should we wait a minute? Oh, nice, nice. Look at that. What was that printed on? Uh, digital metal. Okay. It's kind of like, um, who's a. They're like super, super fine detail metal, like super fine detail. So they make parts for luxury watches and oh, things like that. Wow. Yeah, so they get so, that fine, fine. Yeah, they scanned detail. me at Form Next like three years ago and then sent me, you know, me. They said my hair gave them a lot of issues, but yeah, you got you got the um, what do you call it uh, trade show head going on there. Just been walking around going crazy. <laughs> like uh, we can't do curls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? They had an issue with curls. That was the big thing. Uh, curls don't do well in three D scanners. So yeah, that's a that's a big part of my past too with the the scanning time. Ten years in Ferro Technology, so I, and then a Creaform for a few years. So. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time with the scanning technology and it was fun. I, that was where I actually saw the most applications because scanning was so new at the time. It was like, what, 2008, 9, 10, around there. Uh, just went into everywhere. They, everybody was inviting you in, you know, going to NASA, you go straight to the big <laughs> mm-hmm. thruster chambers and they want you to stand in there and show them how it works inside of there because it was portable <laughs> and it was new. And it was like, okay, I was like everywhere, Gulfstream Aerospace, going crazy inside of their mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, just uh, oh, also a Blackhawk. I scanned the inside of a Blackhawk helicopter. Like, who gets That's to go inside? Awesome. Black, right? I was like, are you, are you serious? You want me to go sit in there? He's like, yeah, set up in there and see how much you can capture. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like in the Blackhawk, and the you know, oh, it's like, that was one of the coolest. Anyways, That's but awesome. but yeah, scanning in general, man, that was a really big part of my history, and and seeing that come up in a portable because it was always a, you know working with the CNCs, uh, you could you could hook it up, and then portable is a whole different thing, man. You get to go in some really cool applications and have fun. Okay, all right, let's but- do the thing now. Hi, everybody. My name's Adam Penn. I'm here to continue the conversation, and I'm very excited today to have Sarah Gerke joining us from Cleveland, Ohio. Sarah, how are you today? I'm awesome, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. I know, you know, you've done so many great things in, inside of the industry, additive manufacturing, 3D printing, and you're also a founder of Additive Integrity now. And with that company building it up in the editing side and managing editor at Fabalu. And also you're here because you're with the board of directors for Women in 3D Printing and their wonderful conference is coming up in January, the Type Conference, Technology, Industry, People, and Economics. And uh, looking forward to that. So we've been having the board of directors here once a month and I'm glad to have you here today to talk a little bit more about that and how things have been going with you. Yeah, I'm really chuffed to be part of the conversation. Um, I wear a lot of hats for sure, but Women in 3D Printing is a remarkable organization I couldn't be prouder to be a part of. So I really look forward to you know sharing more about what we're doing. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited being a, a media partner over there for the event itself. And uh, just working with the women in 3D printing has been wonderful. This has been a fun time doing this uh, each and every month with everyone and uh, kind of getting to know a little more about what's going to be happening for the conference itself. Because it's exciting. It's had a lot of time to plan. 
we've been getting into this whole virtual world over the last, you know, eight months or so. Everyone's had to be acclimated to what's going on, or most people have. I know some people are holding out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now with the planning that's gone behind this to see everything that's happening, it's an inspir- inspirational all-female agenda of speakers. So wow, you know, that's going to be cool. And I see it just keeps adding and adding to the amount of activities and people that are attending and the speakers that are involved. So what a great event, what a great event to be part of. And I'm very happy to be a media partner. So uh, glad to be talking about it today, though. It's it's uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, we're really, you know, delighted to have you as a media partner and really appreciate you helping to get the word out. Um, this conference is going to be really the first of its kind. And uh, sharing these messages and the way that female leadership is growing so much in this industry is something we're really keen to get out. So let's get yeah. It out there. <laughs> yeah, big time. No, it's a, I, I had come from, um, you know, a, a large uh, female. There's a lot of females in my family. I have four sisters, you know, a mother, a grandmother, you know, it's just been a wonderful time with the women who have raised me in my life. But a lot's changed over the years, you know, with women in the workplace and the way things are. I I was a very unique perspective because I just looked at everything as I know how amazing everyone is. And it's wonderful to, to actually have anyone around and work with people that are very, you know, inspired and doing great things to move things forward. But knowing and talking to my grandmother, especially she actually just passed away about a month ago. But wonderful woman who worked uh, who worked in design. She was an interior designer and did a lot of great things in her life. But she came from the World War II, and women back then, the way things were, even when she was getting ready to go off to school, she was very good at math. You know, every picture she sends me, it has a date, her birthday, and then it has the year she was born, and she does the math and tells you how old she was, you know? So so it's great. You know, she had all this great creativity and, and uh, ability, but it was a little bit different. Coming out of the war, everything was kind of given to men back then, and she had brothers who got opportunities that she didn't actually, that she wanted. Um, is actually, she was actually awarded an opportunity to go work with the school because of her math and her mother said, let her brother take it, you know? So it was a very different time. Uh, but I'm, I just bring that up because, uh, it, it's kind of been, um, it hasn't been something that's been in front of my face until working, you know, out in the industry and seeing things of different situations and the way people are handled and everybody has their struggles, but I think it's, it's good when you look at everybody's attributes and everybody can be a key player on a team. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's definitely amazing to see. And I hear you on the strong grandmother front. I was named for my maternal grandmother, middle name. Um, She was an incredible woman and definitely broke barriers in her own time. And like to meet my grandpa, she sneaked him in through her college's curfew, which, you know, also let's appreciate she went to college at the time, um, 1930, uh, when she was in college. So like her even doing that was breaking barriers itself. And then she broke the rules to meet him. And I mean, I'm glad she did because here I am. And (laughs) yeah, that's uh, a great story. So what did she go to college for back then? If you don't mind me asking. (laughs) I mean, it was the time that it was, so it was a kind of more traditional female role. So it was a lot of stenography, typography, um, kind of dictation sorts of things. And she did encourage my mom to be a secretary uh, when it was my mom's turn to go through education. My mom said no. Uh, She worked at a medical imaging company for a long time. She was in administration for a while, but when I was in school, my mom went back to school, got her master's degree and became a high school counselor. Well, elementary school and then eventually high school counselor. She was a career counselor. I've had 
amazing luck with really strong female role models in my own life, including my mother, my grandmother. Um, all of them are remarkable. I'm the youngest of four sisters myself. Oh, awesome. Yeah, cool. And I am wholeheartedly the least accomplished of the four of us. Come on now. Really? Wow. Impressive my two family. sisters <laughs> have PhDs and have pioneered. Um, my eldest sister pioneered her own PhD track at Cleveland's Case Western Reserve University. Awesome. Um, she's incredible. The mother to three daughters herself. She created her own PhD program. She studied bioethics. She has a dual PhD from Harvard. Incredible. Nice. My next sister has studied social studies for over 20 years, has a PhD, is working at Kent State University, teaching next generations of teachers. My next sister has a master's in education, taught for over a decade, went back to school, became a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, she actually tried to go to New York City to oh, help wow. with you know, medical personnel shortages but uh, she actually got into the city right as New York's cases were thankfully, thankfully going down. And they had the cap, they had everyone they needed, so they sent her back. So she's still working at Cleveland's University Hospital System as a nurse. She's working with high-risk cancer patients these days. Oh, wow. So yeah. literally saving lives every day, yeah, sharing all these stories about her patients, trying to volunteer to help with the pandemic. So by far, my, my three elder sisters are doing so much more for the world than I am. And I'm like, I write. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's a very inspirational family. I mean, yeah. Sisters like that. I have some wonderful sisters also are very hard workers, but you know, you, you did bring up the mother there and, and my mother's an amazing lady uh, who did a lot of great things in her life. Uh, she's, she's helped everyone in her family continues to be a rock when things go on, but she actually, you know, she started out um, after, you know, going through a divorce, going in and getting involved, uh, you know, in the workforce. And so she started, you know, just uh, coming in uh, at entry level at a bank, you know, and uh, doing a calling for collections, you know, that was where she started. But going through over the years, because of her tenacity, because of her intelligence, she's like one of the smartest people I know, she should have been a lawyer, or uh, somebody like a mitigator or something like that, because she could really get in there and dig out any issue. But she's <laughs> amazing. She actually went through the, her whole progression in banking and ended up retiring, you know, as, as a VP for one of the largest banks in, uh, in, in the U.S., if not the world. Uh, so just an amazing woman, uh, amazing hard worker. And it shows you even with, uh, without a lot of education, because, because of her track in life, she didn't actually end up getting a lot of education. She had a scholarship at 16 to go to any college in the USA. And, oh, wow. and, uh, yeah, so as an immigrant, she came here, an eight year old immigrant from Italy. And by the time she was 16, which, you know, was, was, was back in, uh, what was it at the, the late fifties, early sixties over there? Um, she had, uh, already, you know, excelled so much that she was accepted to any college in the U.S. And then she ended up taking a different route because of taking care of her mother and things going on. But wow, just what an inspiration to start out with a lot of challenges and not take even a course that was, you know, given to you because of your, you know, inept uh, ability to do certain things. 
but then at the same time, being able to go through and have a career like that and overcome a lot of the challenges that are out there, especially for women in the workplace. Um, she's a shining example of that to me. And she's just a great woman that represents what you can do when you put your mind to it and just get out there and push for it. A lot of obstacles, but you just overcome them and then move forward. Great, great person. I could talk about her forever, but. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. It sounds like wonderful drive that's definitely inspired you. I mean, clearly you're very driven and you're having some really remarkable conversations these days well, in added manufacturing to bring yeah. us back to. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to why we're here, right? Out of manufacturing 3D printing and everything's going on. I know you were dealing with your, your home life in the pandemic. You have any, even had some new windows put in uh, recently. So a lot of they great haven't. things. <laughs> they haven't done it. Oh, no, they wow. haven't done it. Uh, Bummer. Yeah, it's cold. I know. Out. I spend all my time talking about how 3D printing's, you know, this amazing supply chain solution, but the uh, supply chain held up our the glass for our windows. Oh, boy. Um, okay. okay. We actually moved house. Uh, less than a month after the lockdown started in the spring. Oh boy! And yeah. had the whole you know planning to replace the windows from 1977. It's a lot. It's, getting a new house and a whole new office during a pandemic is trying, uh, but it is what it is. So we'll get those windows eventually, and hopefully before the Cleveland winter hits. And not to mention, right, a, a one-year-old, right, recently one years old. Yes. Wow. Um, so it's as of our conversation, hear. he turned a year old one week ago today. Wow. Um, so that was during Form Next Connect this year. Awesome. I missed Form Next 2019 because they, you know, had a baby instead. So yeah, that, happens. Uh, that happened. <laughs> now he's a year old. So we've yeah. got this whole thing going on. Um, but I've kept a small personal life for a whole year. So that's yeah. delightful. Yeah, it's a, a lot of uh, different uh, challenges that people go through. But, uh, you know, having a little one during this time and getting used to that, uh, I can't imagine. My my little one's nine years old now. And I know how that first year is. So this is a heck of a first year to be going through that. I'm sure. It's a heck of a first year. But you know what? The lockdown means we've spent more time inside with him. His name's Gio. Oh. And we just get all that quality time. He's never been in daycare. He's with family every day. Us and my mom. Uh, thankfully, she's able to come over. She's retired now these days and able to spend time with him. So we're just here with him. My husband and I both work from home. We're yeah. here with Gio every day. We get to see him. I travel a lot as a rule for the work that I do in this industry. I have not been able to travel since um, September of 2019, which is insane for what I do. It's weird to not be on the road. But I'm home with Gio and just watching him grow. He's walking. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, there are silver linings, just being able to see my son grow up and like hold him every day. And I'm a nursing mother. It's one of those things we don't talk about a whole lot in professional things, but it's been amazing for our relationship and for keeping him healthy and that whole thing, you know, continuing on. Yeah, that's an amazing journey right there. I mean, life, right? And uh, the ability to care for another one. And that first year is really precious. I actually had a lot of time with my daughter in her first year. So and uh, never uh, trade that in for anything. I mean, my gosh, that, that is a blessing too. It's, it's how I look at things a little bit differently now. I mean, it could be a challenge. Yes. I have to help with school, things like that every day, uh, things that I didn't get involved with too much prior to that. So it's a, it's a bit of a change, but the interactions we have together, the time that we have together is actually a lot more engaged, you know, because we have to figure out how to actually get through this together. And she's doing virtual schooling now. So that's, a, that's right here behind the wall. And, uh, <laughs> 
you know, it's, it, it's a, it's a different time, but I feel like, like you're saying, there's a lot of the bright spots in it. Our relationship has grown. My gosh, I couldn't, uh, I can't trade this time in for anything else as far as the ability to be with her and do certain things and actually give her guidance in where she's going through in her everyday life. So yes, it's, it, it's good when you focus on the positivity instead of, Oh, everything has changed. It, it has changed, but, uh, you got to find out where your, uh, your life is and, and cling to it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And people keep asking like how Gio's doing, seeing people only masked. I'm like, literally it's all he's ever known. It's yeah. been three quarters of his life at this point. Like all he knows is people masked. So I love that he's growing up in a safe world where people are paying attention to masking up and taking things seriously. And, you know, he knows who his bubble is. He knows who his people are and he sees everyone taking precautions and he's used to masking. Like if a baby can do it, I think we all can. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, well, I, I know, um, you know, a lot of stuff is happening in 3D printing and additive manufacturing, and you've kind of gone through the gamut here. You started out with 3D print and and moved away now, you know, doing your own thing with Fabalu and with additive integrity. So talk about that journey. I mean, what have you seen over the years and what, where did your passion start that brought you into the industry? So the fun thing I like to tell everyone is that In school, I studied creative writing and theater. So obviously, I ended up in a manufacturing technology. Um, Yeah, this (laughs) entire course has been unplanned, seems like too weak of a word, but uh, fortuitous, I suppose we'll go with. I um, graduated from college in 2007 with a bachelor's degree in English and one in theater, and I had a minor in Spanish. So the complete opposite setup you'd expect from somebody, you know, trying to work toward the future of additive manufacturing, maybe. But right after graduating, uh, the world went, well, the United States went into a deep recession. And I had been set up at the time to go move to the United Kingdom for my master's degree in theater direction. Oh, okay. I had everything in place. I was going to study at the University of East Anglia and get my master's degree in theater direction. And I'm salty about it to this day because I actually would have overlapped my time there with Matt Smith, who later became the doctor on Doctor Who. Huge fan. Oh, yeah. That's cool, man. Oh, so it, Doctor Who fan also. Awesome. It's so possible I could have directed him in a play while he was studying acting. How cool. And in another life, you'll <laughs> in another life, it didn't happen because I saw the route of another friend of mine who did go to Ireland for her master's in theater um, a year ahead of me. And she came back to the United States and ended up working at Home Depot for several years because she came back into the recession. And I said, mm-hmm. like, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll stay at the manufacturing company I'm working at right now. I'd gotten a temp job right out of college to kind of hold over those months before I moved to England and just kind of approached someone day and said, hey, what if I just stay here and go full time? And they said, hey, cool, do that. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I uh, was a receptionist in tiny, tiny manufacturing company. For a year and a half then, I did a lot of the accounting for the company. I did a lot of the accounts receivable, the billing, just exciting stuff, really. It was not um, for anyone listening rather yeah. than watching. This is a big old head shake. It was not exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was a company that focused on pressure components. And, um, you know, there's only so much valves and nozzles you can take when you're 21 and studied theater. Yeah, that's for sure. So from there... I did find a job actually using my degree working in market research. Um, So I was an editor and eventually an industry analyst 
at a Cleveland-based market research company called the Fredonia Group that did a lot of industry forecasting. So I edited the studies. Eventually, I wrote some of the U.S. studies. We did studies on uh, U.S. global and Chinese markets for any industry you could think of. For a while, my go-to trivia knowledge was the annual growth rate of beer sales in China, uh, which is severely outdated because it's been a while now since I've worked there. I it, it was actually a great company to work at. It was great for broad-based trivia. Several of my colleagues actually went on Jeopardy and were the phone of friends on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, cool. Because they just knew everything about everything, you know, from roofing to building construction to beverages to packaging. Like, we covered all these industries, and it was great. And I loved the company because I ended up meeting my husband there. Awesome. So. Thanks, guys. He's still with the company. Uh, they're doing great. And um, then just when I was ready for something new, I was applying for jobs literally everywhere, just like everywhere. I was like, I write, I edit, I do things, I can forecast, I can analyze. Who's hiring? Um, right. So I almost worked at a tire company as a copywriter. Oh, wow. I almost worked with a restaurant holding company as um an admin slash menu editor slash travel to see how all of the restaurant companies they owned were doing. And then I saw an ad for a remote writer and editor position for a growing tech news site. I threw in my resume. It was one of, you know, at that point, several hundred I'd thrown in. And I started a week later and I was one of the first employees at 3dprint.com. Nice. I started there just as an editor writer. They said, if you don't know the tech, it'll be great. Um, you know, if you don't know it, you can learn it. You'll be working with this stuff day in, day out. So just read it, um, get a feel for it. We'll have you write a few articles. And I did. I, at that point we were publishing 20 to 24 articles daily. Uh, that was when Brian and Eddie Krasenstein owned the site. Uh, they were just getting it off the ground, really. They'd just gotten a huge investment. So I was able to come on as an employee and get it really going. So I learned a lot about this technology really quickly. And I was like, oh, you know, this is really cool. I saw this like on the news once, Ooh, 3D printers, fancy. They can, <laughs> I don't know, they, they make stuff. And it was, you know, an old school maker bot on the news that I saw at that point. Yeah, that's what we And then I was... Happening working at 3dprint.com, just editing these, you know, editing two dozen articles every day or, and writing some and like, oh, there's a lot here, isn't there? Like, this is actually really interesting. And so in 2015, the Krasenstein brothers sold the site to Meckler Media and they said like, hey, we're going out. Do you want to be the new editor in chief? And I said, well, of course I do. <laughs> because I, I, I take very Good obvious yeah. in my career track <laughs> and I became the editor-in-chief and that was when I started traveling for the industry and so it was October of 2015 I went to my first trade show it was inside 3d printing Santa Clara and that's when I fell in love like you know we'd been immediately yeah you see you see like, everything in action I'd been into this. It was cool. But then I got to see it in action. I got to touch the parts. I got to see the printers in action. I got to talk to the people making these things happen. And it was incredible. And it wasn't the technology, even though the technology was great. I mean, it was 2015. So the technology is better now. Let's not pretend otherwise. Sure. But yeah. Rapidly in the last uh, five years, for sure. For sure. Um, I've never seen anything grow like this. Yeah. 
And uh, so as soon as I started really, you know, traveling, seeing who did it, getting hands-on, talking to the people, making things happen, I had this moment that I was like, oh, no, this isn't a job. I found a career. Like, I love this. I love this. And so I kept working with it, and I kept doing these things. And I kept getting deeper and deeper in and just um, going down the rabbit hole of what additive manufacturing is, and more importantly than that, what it could be. And even more importantly than that, who was making it happen? And that was the ticket for me. And, um, you know, between that and the travel and honestly, some really unpleasant experiences uh, was when I realized the diversity in this industry isn't what it could be. Mm. Um, And I learned in a difficult way that being a woman in this industry isn't always the easiest thing to be. And so I started talking to more women and I realized so many of us have had these experiences that make us stop and think like, I am doing my job. I am working with technology I love in a field I love. And I'm having issues that my colleagues aren't. Mm. I'm having issues my colleagues don't understand. I am in a minority here. I don't have a huge community here. And that was when I started connecting more with Nora Torre, who had founded Women in 3D Printing, uh, which next month will be celebrating its sixth anniversary, which is incredible. Yeah, wonderful. And over those six years, it's grown to this uh, community of over 10,000 people across the world. Not all women. We've got a lot of men involved, which is remarkable. And their chapters just worldwide and growing and being able to connect with that base of women, that base of diverse people in this uh, really became a passion point for me. So it was in um, spring and summer of 2018, I decided to make a huge change for myself. I resigned my position at 3dprint.com and founded my own editorial services company. And that's the genesis of Additive Integrity. And it was at that point too, that I joined the board of directors at Women in 3D Printing. Nice. And it was the very first board of directors. Um, Nora founded it and invited Dana McCollum from Carbon and me onto the inaugural board. And so the three of us, um, you know, started the journey of making this thing a nonprofit and a much more organized global structure. It's grown incredibly since, and I couldn't be prouder of the work we've been doing. Uh, Nora and I launched the first diversity for additive manufacturing report in the spring of 2018. We've only been continuing it. We've been growing it. This year we issued a special edition um, following the really horrible events in spring and summer of 2020 that saw a huge race divide um, become especially pervasive in the United States Mm -hmm. and across the world. And so we reached out to Katie Sinzi from 3D Adept Media, and she wonderfully agreed to work with us. And she spearheaded our special edition report where we branched out on the definition of diversity from women in 3D printing to really a truly diverse look. And we need to talk about race and we need to talk about backgrounds and we need to talk about real underrepresented populations in this industry because it's not only 
gender disparity. There's a lot. And having the conversations matters, having the representation matters. And Katie did such a remarkable job. Um, we worked with Erica, the founder of BeWise, uh, Black Women in Science and Engineering, for a lot of additional perspective um, from people of color, from women of color, from people who are, again, having these issues and conversations their colleagues aren't. And it, when we all work together, it's just, it's so much better. We get this diversity of thought and we get these other ideas and this other, um, you know, this greater than any of us individually could be when we all come together with new ways of thinking and perspectives and backgrounds. And yeah. so it's all been this incredible, like, Passion project growth from an industry I honestly fell into. It was a Craigslist posting that brought me into this. Yeah. Um, And from this, you know, I can't stop talking about it. No, I mean, all of that stuff is, is amazing. I mean, it really is. uh, It's good to have a community that you can go and talk to and actually work on things like that. I think that's uh, very inspiring. You know, a lot of those conversations are hard to have and people shy away, including myself. It's hard for me to talk about that stuff, you know, because I think, I think sometimes for me, I don't, um, I'm not a participant in the uh, the evil side of things. So I come from uh, maybe a shiny place where I don't see too much of it or I've never stood for any of it around me. Um, but yeah, I know I, I don't see it a lot of times and uh, it's hard to, you know, being a guy, it's like, well, how do I support things other than doing the right thing, being a representative of somebody who does the right thing uh, and uh, being inclusive of everyone I work with inside of a team, you know, uh, situation. So it's, um, you know, it's been a kind of um, a different uh, educational understanding for me to come at it and say, okay, how can I help or be part of something? You know, I I am not a woman, obviously, uh, but I do have, you know, a strong feeling of support for what's going on, especially with the women in 3d printing. And so that's why the, the, the whole, uh, you know, pandemic and everything going on and talking with Nora and, and, you know, talking with Kristen, I had a wonderful interview with her and uh, things just happen naturally. I've always been a supporter of what's going on and including, you know, companies I've worked at actually, uh, you know, suggesting people get involved uh, with women in 3d printing. So it's just it's just awesome to me. I like to see groups of people working as thought leaders together on positivity and actually making things better. So I see that with that group and uh, like to see it keep going. So happy to be supporting. And now we are super appreciative of everything that you've been doing. The conversations you've been having have been great. Um, before you. we talked today, I watched some of your other interviews that you've done recently. And I watched, you know, and I listened to your conversations with Kristen and Christina, Dana, and how you've been talking to leaders from women in 3d printing and just some of your other ones that you've had with participants throughout the 3d printing industry. And, you know, we need that. Um, we need all of these conversations to happen and to continue. And you know what? They suck <laughs> for a long time. I, I tried to stay yeah. out of it too, because everyone wants to have that ideal, you know, um, it's about the technology. It's about what we can do. It's it, And people like to say, but it's not about who does it. It's about what happens and it's about this and it's about, you know, the product and the moving forward. Like, yes, but how do you think that's happening? Mm. Like we're coming up on a lot of more autonomous and advanced manufacturing and a lot of uh, generative design, topology optimization, things that don't necessarily need as hands-on a touch as things have in the past. But how do you think that's happening? 
Like these ideas don't happen in a vacuum. It's not AI coming up with generative design, even though it is AI driven ultimately, but it has to have come from somewhere and it has to start with conversations and they're conversations we don't all want to have. I know I didn't want to have these conversations when I started in this. I was like, it doesn't matter that I'm a woman. Even when I knew at so many events around the world, I was one of the only women in a room. I was often the only woman at a table. Like I remember an event and I offhand looked at the seating chart and made a comment to my table. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm this table's token woman. Mm. And all of the 11 men at my table laughed uncomfortably and tried to deny it. And I was like, there are four tables here. There are four women in the room. There's one woman per table that wasn't accidental. Um, from the seating chart we were given. And there have been times I've been literally the only woman in the room. And it can be difficult, especially because I'm not an engineer. I'm not a material scientist. I'm not a CEO. I'm not a CFO. I'm not an investor. You know, I'm not in any of these positions. I'm generally there as a journalist. Um, I do wear more hats these days. So I'm also... Uh, doing a lot more through my company uh, as you know, a consultant, as this and that, as whatever anyone needs me to be. But generally, I'm there as a journalist, first through 3dprint.com, now I'm the managing editor at Babalu. And um, so usually I get that kind of bird's eye view as a journalist. And it's not my place being there is to tell the story of what's happening. But after a while, I realized like what's happening to me, my story is also part of this Yes, because I am devoted specifically to this one industry. Like my story intertwines with all of these others that we're telling and you don't want to tell it. But when I was at, you know, a major events after party and people touched me without my permission, people followed me, people grabbed me. That's, not a time we stop talking that's a time we speak up Mm. and these aren't things i'm willing to let be brushed under a rug anymore yeah and nothing inappropriate should be um so the more of us who do speak up and the more of us who lend our voices to these conversations especially you know those of us i'm a journalist you're doing these interviews you know we're in these positions where we're able to to share these stories and to have the conversations and boost the conversations and make them heard. I think it's our responsibility to, you know, share the experiences. Like after people, uh, you know, touched me while I was walking across a dance floor, just walking to go, let's be honest, get more appetizers. They're delicious. And I'm weak. (laughs) Um, I just wanted more, you know, snacks. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's not a time to be like, oh, did this really happen? And the first time I was like, maybe that didn't happen. And then it happened again on the same journey across a room. Um, So we need, we need to talk about it. Yeah, but you do. And I'm glad that you did obviously, because you're changing uh, the environment for any future, you know, woman or person in that type of situation. 
uh, those, you know, who don't speak up and it's easy. And I shouldn't say it's easy, but a lot of people just don't want to face it and think that, okay, you know, it'll go away, but obviously not for uh, the next person. If that person gets away with doing something like that. So, um, yeah, that's, that is an unfortunate circumstance that I'm glad that at least you addressed because most people probably wouldn't address that, you know, and, and, uh, uh, to have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, a situation continue is, is, is just not right. It, it, it can't happen. So. Yeah. And it, like, it sucks to address again. Like, I don't want to talk about it. And anytime we talk with women about these things, they're like, I don't want to dwell on that. I don't want to sure. dwell on the negative. Like, let's focus on the positive and a hundred percent, like, let's focus on the positive. There are amazing things happening, but we need to acknowledge what's wrong before we can fix it. Um, and so when we talk about especially diversity and inclusion, you know, it's the second part that's so important. Like it goes beyond just like, Ooh, let's bring in diversity. Like, no, let's include everyone. Let's bring everyone into this conversation. Let's bring more voices into the conversation and give them the opportunity to sit at the table where decisions are being made and they bring these experiences. And you know what it, we need those experiences. We need more ways of thinking and, Additive manufacturing as an advanced manufacturing technology, I have found is so much more diverse than, you know, the, um, we'll call it the traditional manufacturing sure. industry. And that's kind of, you know, where I cut my teeth right out of college and in college, I attempt to all through the summers as a student. Um, I've, I've worked in a lot of manufacturing environments and, I was the only woman there, but like in additive, like I'm not the only woman in the room anymore. And admittedly it's 2020. It's now been over a year since I've physically been in a room with other people in this industry. Um, we all have that same issue, right? But I know now if I were to go in those rooms when it's safe, when it's healthy, um, but even when I'm in these spiritual events, it's not just me. You know, we're seeing incredible growth in this industry and there are so many strong female leaders in this yes, industry and are. so many leaders of color, so many like people and researchers and students really working toward the next generations of these technologies we've come to love so much. And, you know, bringing this back full circle over to the type conference that Women in 3D Printing is putting together, the agenda is incredible. Like I can't say enough good things we have dozens of speakers women who are leading in their fields from executives to researchers to instructors like um students we've added a youth track which is incredible i love the youth tracks we've got technology industry people economics and youth um so we're really adding that focus on that next generation and Oh my gosh, like I can't wait until the full agenda is published for real. And once we get it super solidified, because we're almost there. And oh my gosh, like Adam, let me tell you how amazing it is. Yeah. There's so many women throughout this industry and the stories they have to share, the abstracts for these talks. Like, Mm, yeah. It's stunning. It's truly stunning. It is. It is. So I know that, that like you're talking about the different tracks or technology, industry, people and economics. Why don't you talk a little bit about the people side of it? I know Nora was interested in, in what you have to share about what's going on in the people track. Can you give us a little more information about that? Definitely. So I am happily taking on the position of the track moderator for the people track. So 
both days of this conference, which is obviously now virtual on January 27th and 28th, 2021. That'll be in the description. Just want to make sure everyone knows. So we'll keep talking about it. So January 27th and 28th, both yes. days. Um, I will register. be <laughs> register now. It's open. It's free. Uh, you can also sign up to uh, register yes. to get the talks on demand afterward. So and that's T-I-P-E-3Dprinting.com. So check it out. Absolutely. And it's also available. It's linked through womenin3dprinting.com. And both Women in 3D Printing and the Type Conference are available on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Look us up. Join with us. Um, so the people track, I am so excited. I'll be introducing all of our speakers that we have. We've got some amazing speakers, some panelists coming up who will be sharing you know, the people perspective because it really is the people who make this industry. Mm. And we can talk so much like technology industry and economics are so important to what we're doing because they're literally what we're doing. But in the people track, we'll be focusing on who's doing it. And how do you become one of those people? How, you know, do you really take your interest and get on a track to become a leader in this industry? So we've got leaders in this industry who are just incredible role models. We've got CEOs, we've got people from marketing, we've got people from every aspect you might think of throughout this industry. Um, How do you get into this? How do you rise? How do you not just as a one, but as a an educated person, get into this. Uh, we've got speakers from major uh, corporations, consumer-facing, uh, technology-facing, materials, hardware, software, uh, research, education, universities. I will also be speaking in the people track, awesome. and I just keep sitting there like, what could I possibly have to say that these other incredible women don't, but I am I feel so fortunate to be among them in any small way, whether it's introducing them or speaking among them. I, I just I want to share everything with you right now, but until everything's a hundred percent solidified and published, I yes. don't want to run through the agenda, but it will well, be. We do soon. have Nora next month <laughs> to wrap it all up in December to talk about what's going on in January. So yeah, no, I, I think it's it, it is so exciting. It just is Sarah and and this this time being able to talk to you and learn more about you and more about the type conference you know it has been wonderful talking to you is there anything else you'd like to add while we have you here no um I'm just for the last two and a half years now I've been running additive integrity as an independent editorial services company targeting additive manufacturing research uh, service providers hardware manufacturers Really working on this side of the table has been so interesting for me. I love all the work that I've been able to do. I've been putting out a lot of 3D printing guides and resources and blogs for a lot of my clients. I've been moderating a lot of webinars because maybe a lot of what we're doing in 2020 especially has been digital. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it has. Just a little so bit. So the right. conversations that I've been able to have, um, I'm moderating another one for HP coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, nice. I just got off a couple with um, Exponential Works, did one for post-process technologies, and all of these experiences are so wonderful. Yes. Working directly with clients in the industry has been just fantastic for really getting to that other side of the table. Anyone else who's interested in finding out more can visit me at additiveintegrity.tech. And um, 
My main client, of course, is Fabaloo. So I love being the managing editor there. Working with Carrie and Marnie has been an absolute highlight of everything I've done. Working with such brilliant people. Uh, Carrie started Fabaloo in 2007, which is when I graduated college and hadn't heard of 3D printing yet. Um, so to work with him, he's just brilliant and um, so appreciative of that and being able to keep up with our daily 3D printing publication. It's, you know, one of the longest running ones online. So it's just delightful to keep up with all of that. And otherwise, um, women in 3D printing, I absolutely invite anyone, male, female, however you identify. It's such an inclusive and welcoming community. And every event is always open to everyone in the industry. And we just really welcome more voices to the conversation. There are chapters for every continent now that encompass some of the local chapters. And so this extra level kind of organization has been really cool. Like I love popping in all of the North America ones um, when they're held online right now. I've been in, I think, Oceania, Africa, um, you know, Asia, Middle East. We've been, these chapters are going up everywhere. Europe, we've had just some great happy hours and events. Um, Well, everything's digital. We can all be there. That's right. So let's be there. Um, check out women in 3D printing.com, type 3D printing.com. The type conference is going to be amazing. Just remarkable. We'll have yeah. thousands of people joining. We've got registration live now. The agenda is only growing and it's finalizing. And I think we just have a great resource. And I can't wait until we can also do this uh, conference on. You know, in person, yes, too, because this will be an annual event. So, Women in 3D Printing is launching as, as an annual conference. This year, it's digital. Hopefully, soon we'll be able to be in person again and see each other in the flesh and really get that feel for it and get that community. But while we're online, everyone can join wherever you are in the world, whatever your time zone. We'll have things available on yep. demand. We're using the Remo platform, which enables some wonderful networking opportunities for actual conversation. Like we can see each other, be on camera. Yes. I'll have my own table there. So you can come join me and hang out. It'd be wonderful to have you there. Yes. Drop by Adam's table, drop by the Fabaloo table, uh, come see me in the people track. And otherwise I look forward to keeping connected with everyone online. Um, Drop me an email. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm far too connected. You are awesome. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the people of the industry, Adam. Uh, So let's all keep connected. Yeah, stay connected. And it's wonderful to see the progression of what's been happening in women in 3D printing. It's actually inspiring and uh, very much looking forward to the Type 3D Printing Conference there in January. It's January 27th and 28th, and uh, we'll see you guys there. But Sarah Gerke, thank you so much for doing this. It's been wonderful talking to you. You have a wonderful day, and we'll be talking soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Adam, and everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening to the All Digital Additive Manufacturing Podcast. If you would like to help support and be part of our community, take action and smash subscribe, press follow, comment below, or leave a review. And don't forget to share. Thanks for continuing the conversation. This is Adam Penna signing off. See you soon.